This episode of the MedTalk podcast is brought to you by MedTech Innovation Expo, the UK and Ireland's leading event for medical design and manufacturing technology. Register now at medtechexpo.com. Welcome to this episode of the MedTalk Podcast. As part of our MedTech Innovation Expo series, where we meet some of our speakers from the MedTech Innovation Conference. Our first guest is Ashley Syed, whose seminar focuses on Manufacturing 5.0 and how that can apply in the healthcare sector. We discuss how Ashley arrived at where he is today and what the audience on day one can expect from his talk, including the main differences between Industry 4.0 and 5.0. I'm your host, Ian Bolland. Acting Group Editor of Life Sciences at Rapid News. First of all, Ashley, um, can you just tell us a bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm currently CEO of um, Intratech UK, and um, my background is in, um, well, initially product design, engineering. Um, started off in consumer electronics, so... Back in sort of um, yeah, well, early two thousands, uh, working in mobile phone industry. So um, yeah, that was when it was really um, you know a uh, growing um, sector, and uh, I was working on um, initially mechanical design, and then um, more project management and delivering um, yeah for for end to end really from concept through to mass production and. That's kind of what led me um, to uh, well exposure to China, you know. So originally went out to China and um, yeah started working with contract manufacturers there, and um, yeah really got to understand how supply chain works, uh, quality, and um, yeah all of the different aspects and you know how uh, the different suppliers and you know with the, within electronics and. Um, plastic, metal parts, and all of this kind of stuff, um, you know, is is put together. So, um, yeah, you know, that that was a big big part of um, my early career. You know, I did that for um, for Motorola, um, for Philips, um, for TomTom, where I was head of design, um, and then um, yeah, so you know, that, that led me to work in Singapore um, and uh, Netherlands, and. Um, yeah, so you know, I, I ran, uh, ended up running my own design and engineering consultancy in um, Singapore. So I did that for five years, five six years. Um, that was um, yeah, that was a great experience. Um, you know, we, we we ended up even developing our own products. Uh, we developed um, a kid kid uh, friendly, kid focused tablet. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pitched on Dragon's Den. Uh, you may have seen it. Um, and so that was, uh, yeah, that was a good, uh, experience. Um, and then, yeah, after that, I, I moved back to the UK and, um, yeah, got a really good opportunity to work with, uh, with tech startups basically. And, uh, I set up, a an accelerator program and it was a, the reason why I did it was a great chance opportunity to work with, you know, young entrepreneurs, um, tech startups. And to be able to share my experiences, really, just tell them, tell them about all of the mistakes I made. So, um, and for them not, uh, not to make the same mistakes I did. So, 
Um, but it was great. You know, I got to work. Uh, I, yeah, I set up a co-working space, which was the Central Research Laboratory in, um, in West London. Uh, and then, um, um, yeah, got to work on their business model and product market fit. And, um, yeah, that was great, you know, helping them to get funding and obviously mentoring, you know, over 100 uh, entrepreneurs. So that was fantastic. So, um, yeah, and then I kind of since then, I, I, I kind of wanted to uh, work in yeah, sort of the opposite end of the scale. You know, I'd, I'd worked sort of in, in um, high growth companies in, 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 in uh, tech startups and wanted to get into uh, the corporate world, let's say. Mm-hmm. and tried to test my skills there and um so yeah got uh, working in big um uh, big corporate uh, in helping them in their um innovation uh, you know pipeline and uh, you know turning you know let's say more traditional companies uh into consumer electronics companies and uh you know where they're trying to digitize you know their their businesses and um look for different revenue streams um, but obviously on a much bigger scale um so yeah it was it was quite um quite a big change actually um i probably underestimated it because um i thought i'd go in there and be uh yeah kind of um you know quite confident you know in, in my background um but quickly learned that you had to operate in a very different way mm-hmm. in big corporate they're obviously a lot slower a lot more politics which which i wasn't really prepared for um but i i think that um yeah, after a while, you know, when I, I moved to Switzerland, so I uh, got a, an opportunity there and, and lived and worked in Switzerland for two years. And and that was a really good opportunity, really, to kind of, um, yeah, understand how those those companies work um, and, and work with different people from all over, well, Europe, because obviously in Switzerland you're working with the French, you know, uh, Japanese, uh, you know, Germans, Italians, you know, all, all, all types. So, um, so yeah, that that was a really good experience, and and that's what really got me into uh, into the whole automation side of things. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I ended up running a project, and uh, again, you know, helping companies to digitize to become more efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I led a a project and brought in. Um, you know, the, the first kind of Chinese supplier, you know, got them on the approved vendor list and, um, you know, brought all the benefits of, of that, you know, into a very traditional Swiss-German company. Yeah. So you can imagine the, the resistance I got in doing that. Um, but, it, it, you know, it ultimately uh, we delivered, you know, ha- you know halving costs and, and lead times and saving, you know, millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's, that's what kind of got me into automation and um yeah you know i'm always interested in in high growth sectors so um you know automation and, and robotics is is really uh something obviously i'm, I'm very passionate about yeah. and so much so much so that um yeah we ended up setting uh, intratech uk up about um two years ago and um so yeah now we uh, our parent company intratech uh is top 50 uh contract manufacturer in the world in China, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is a, is a billion dollar business, um, makes products, consumer electronics, medical products, people like Nestle and Logitech. And um, so, yeah, as you can imagine, you know, there's a big drive for automation and robotics. Um, 
in order, uh, you know, to provide flexibility and efficiencies and, you know, supply chain issues and all this kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, you know, we, we're, I think, really well-timed, really well-positioned right now. Yeah. Um, you know, we're seeing massive demand um, for for what we're doing. You know, we, we have a really big belief um, in, in the future of manufacturing and, and how that looks like, uh, particularly in, you know, the modular automation and mm-hmm. we're heading heading towards what, what we want to talk about um, and, and a more sustainable and, um, you know, in, inclusive way and, and quality of life, you know, and, and, and that really kind of leads us into then, you know, this industry 5.0 because, you know, it, you know what we're trying to say is, yeah, it, it's not replacing, you know, 4.0, you know, which are typically industries that bought us, you know, great technical advances um, in AI and IoT, um, but actually, Industry Five Point Zero is showing us the technology. Uh, it's, it's not the answer to everything, but it's really taking a step uh, further and refining interaction between humans and, and machines, and, and doing that in a sustainable way. Can I just come in on that on that bit because that is actually one of the points I want to address because a, a lot of our readership and and well, the readership in the magazine and uh, exhibitors at the show will be familiar with Industry Four Point Oh. And yeah, when when I saw your presentation title as Industry Five Point Oh, I'm really keen to to establish what's the key difference between the two. Yeah, so I, I think that. Um, like I said, the first thing is that it's not like forget everything you know, you know, 4.0 and like this is the new way. You know, it, it's, it's certainly not replacing. And I, I, I see that, um, you know, interesting 4.0 focus on, you know, interconnectedness of machines and systems in order to achieve, uh, you know, optimum performances and efficiencies. Um, and, uh, you know, interesting 5.0 is, is really about promoting things like quality of life, inclusion and sustainability, you know, and using uh, technology to be able to do that. So, you know, we can um, make environments safer, for example, um, within Industry 5.0. Um, you know, we can use automation um, and increase productivities. Um, you know, we, we're also looking at, um, you know, making, um, making it more inclusive. So in, instead of taking humans out of the equation with you know with robotics we want to um merge them and bring them closer so that um you know operators can be upskilled operators can become retrained uh to basically engineers or technicians and actually help to design and engineer ultimately those um you know those those um uh, automotive um challenges and, and technologies themselves and then, of course, the, the the third part of it is the sustainability side of things. So, yeah, you know, there's obviously only a you know a finite um, number of resources, and and I think within manufacturing, you know, it, it's a hugely um, area of, um, of of opportunity. I mean, everyone is very much focused on kind of what I call you know the back end, you know, of of, of recycling, right? Mm-hmm. That's once we've used the product. Yeah. But, you know, we really should start at the other end. You know, we should start at how we can make manufacturing, the actual manufacturing and, of course, the supply chain as well, um, far more sustainable. Um, you know, and um, Industry 5.0 is, is really looking at, you know, protecting, you know, our, our ecosystems and making uh, the best use of available resources, um, you know, for the current and, and future you know, generations. So, 
yeah, it's it's more almost like a societal type of thing where industry 5.0 is focusing on, um, you know, the uh, the customization as well of the of the customer experience. So what that means is, you know, from uh, from a from a c- consumer or customer point of view, um, they're actually far more well they're prepared to pay more money for. Uh, products or services that are that are more customized to them mm-hmm. and 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 I think where industry 4.0 focuses on uh, connectivity and mass personalization um, and 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 almost kind of remote workforces we're, we're looking at industry 4.0 to be more on site you know to have more people involved yeah, so we're not actually taking them out of the factory we, we actually want them to be there we want them to be involved in the programming and and the upskilling um, and to be far more uh, responsive to uh, distributed supply chains and 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 this kind of hyper customization and focus on on the consumer experience. So, yeah, these these are some of the um, the yeah the differences and uh, how you know how industry five point zero is is basically. I mean, prior to our conversation, I was thinking that you you might have uh, defined industry five point as. Uh as the next step, whereas Industry 4.0 was a building block leading towards it. But from what from what I can gather from uh, from what you said there, it's it's also a, a new way of, of looking at how to use this technology. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, you know, one can't, one can't work without the other, you know, because obviously 4.0 has given us that, um, you know, that great advance in, you know, automation, you know, using... Yeah, you know, using AI and machine learning and cloud computing and, and all of this kind of stuff, but it, it kind of misses almost that that human element, that human element and that social element because you know whenever you mention robotics and automation to well, some people, you know, it, it definitely has this kind of stigma of yeah taking humans' jobs, right? I mean, yeah, you, you would have you know many many people would say this. And and this is, I think, a, a massive common misconception because, um, you know, we know being involved in product development, especially within consumer electronics and, and medical devices, uh, you know, just how much when, when we do actually do big automation projects, how many engineers and um, project managers or, you know, you know, even sales and marketing people are, are actually involved in those projects and, and how much, yeah, you know, how many jobs it's creating and, 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 and the skills that, you know, that, it, that it's bringing. So, um, yeah, it, it's really about combining, um, you know, sustainability and, and human and, and the more, you know, human aspects as well uh, to, to it. Yeah, I mean, if, if we can come on to your presentation slightly, we, obviously we don't want to give it all away because we want people listening to this to, you know, to, to, co- to come and see it. But I, I'm one thing, in terms of... Uh, the medical device se- sector in, t- in particular, what kind of advances can Industry 5.0 provide to the sector? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, um, you know, we're very kind of, um, you know, for uh, as far as our presentation is concerned, you know, with with medical in mind, you know, we, we see a lot of, um, you know, kind of problems, uh, you know, a, a associated um, you know, within the medical device, um, you know, challenges. So I, I, I think, you know, we, we, see, we see a lot of problems with uh, things like, you know, obviously cost of production, where we're looking at, you know, the, the product development and, and the, you know, the, the life cycle. Obviously, it's, you know, it's heavily regulated. 
Um, and, you know, quality, you know, product quality, uh, of course, is, yeah, you know, is, is absolutely critical. And, and you know, even getting to, you know, things like, um, you know, fakes and copycats and, and, and things like this, you know, need to be able to be controlled. So, you know, uh, to, to kind of counter and to address, you know, these, these pain points, um, and, and especially now where we have very disrupted supply chain and, um, you know, cost of shipping, you know, from, from China and, and, and all of this kind of stuff that's going on, then we actually believe the, the future of uh, manufacturing and especially uh, applicable to, to medical um, devices um, is is this modular uh, approach to to automation, and 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 we, we think that because it's really addressing all of these pain points um, by by taking a, a modular approach where a majority of the machine is uh, is the same, and you're only customizing like the top 20, 30 percent of of um, of the uh, the module, then you're actually able to produce um, automated lines for half the cost and, and half the time compared to full automation. You know, full automation is uh, it's high risk. You know, it's, it's a high capex. You know, it's quite a long lead time. And, and I think the return on investment um, on that, you know, can be two, three, five years uh, easily. So um, with, a, with a more modular approach, what we're able to do is uh, to be able to um, run at fairly low volumes, uh, and I'm talking in like the thousands, um, you know, uh, you know, five, ten thousands, um, and uh, to be able to to do this at a very high mix as well. So we're able to change uh, different types of um, of variants or SKUs um, m- much faster than than maybe a uh, a typical customized line. So it gives it it gives the flexibility and the customization, which is what I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and then it, it also is a far more sustainable way of manufacturing because what we're able to do is because we're, we're basically, we build them as modules, they're set modules. Okay. And it's, it's basically Lego, all right. It's, it's Lego for, um, for manufacturing. So we can, um, scale up or scale down a manufacturing line, um, you know, as, environmental and, and you know, uh, business models change. So typically we can do two or three modules that focus on, yeah, it may be something that's very high, um, high uh, uh, accuracy or where the bottleneck is in your manufacturing line. And then you can put, in, put manual operators either side, but then you can use those operators to then learn how to use that machine and program it. So they become upskilled. Um, and then uh, as your um, product scales up, um, you know, through uh, uh, introduction into the market, then you can just add on more modules and then turn it into a fully automated machine. Mm-hmm. And if your product changes, um, your design or your quality changes, you don't have to, that line doesn't become redundant. And, I, and I've seen it many, many times before, you know, millions spent on lines and then the product changes or the product doesn't meet, you know, the, the sales targets, and it turns out in being, you know, the, the, uh, just a really expensive paperweight. You know, it's it, it's a terrible waste of resources. So, with the modular approach, if something's not needs to be changed within the process, you just take it out, modify it, 
or you just switch it around. So uh, uh, with, with this capability, along with the fact that you can repurpose those machines, so even if that line goes end of, end of line or that product stops, you can take those machines, just take out, like let's say it was a screwing assembly, you just take that out and say you need a, a gluing, you just then put in a glue dispensing module um, and then it can be repurposed. So the, so the upshot of it is that minimum you're looking at a 30% improvement in your carbon footprint compared to either manual or fully automated lines. So th this is why we try to link the 5.0 with, with this modular automation Mm -hmm. And because it, it ticks, it ticks all of those boxes. You know the sustainability, the the upskilling, um, and um, yeah, the, the 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 flexibility and customization. Okay, um, yeah. so can you give us a couple of examples of how it's worked in other industries? Then, I'm apologies from going over old ground here, but I'm just wondering in terms of how how it can be transferred from one industry into the medical device industry. Yeah, so. I, you know, to be honest, it it's very you know wide ranging. I mean, um, you know, a, a anything with with high you know customizability or uh, anything that has a, a high number of SKUs, for example. So, um, you know, if you have a product um, that has different types of uh, you know liquids, you know, and it's different flavors, for example. So. That could be in you know cosmetics or or F F and B food and beverage. Um, then you know you, what you're able to do is let's say you have got different flavors or a, or a different type of liquid. Then uh, you can set up your machine so that it's filling one type of liquid. Let's say you need to do a million. Then you need to switch over, right, to do another flavor. So. Um, when typically you would need maybe a day or two to stop the machine, clean out the line, and then change over. But um, because of the modular approach, you have a feeder feeder module that, that can go on the back of every every module itself. So you would load them up with, with either the, the different variant or the parts or the liquids, whatever it may be, and then uh, five ten minutes you can you can switch over and, and, and change um, different products. So. Um, you know, we, we, we're doing that for a, um, a food label product. Mm -hmm. um, this, this food uh, label, well, it's actually a cap, sorry, goes on to liquids and it's to prevent food waste. So typically, you know, with milk uh, or with uh, juice, yeah, you know, you, uh, the, the, the problem is expiry dates are completely outdated and it's leading to uh, a tremendous amount of food waste. People are just throwing it away when it's perfectly good. People sniff it and, yeah, think it's okay or not. So, um, you know, with, uh, with this um, technology, we have to have uh, different variants because it's, it's a chemistry, basically, that have to go on different types of products. So one that's suitable for orange juice, one suitable for uh, for milk, and then we have another one that's suitable for, for meat. So that could be chicken or it could be beef. So you need slightly different variations on the chemistry, which is essentially the same product that it looks like the same product to the end consumer. Mm -hmm. So this, yeah, th this is uh, an example of, um, you know, the, uh, the customization that's needed. Um, but, you know, you, you can apply this on, yeah, on anything, you know, it could be telemedicine, it can be, you know, autonomous vehicles, drone delivery, 
systems, you know, smart speakers. It's, it, you know, it can go across all sectors, really. It sounds like the possibilities are endless. Um, uh, Ashley, thank you for uh, for participating in this. Uh, does I'll just have one final question for you, and it's probably a, a simple one, but it might give you a bit of time to think. Is why should people come and see your presentation? Well, I, look, I, I think you know what we're trying to do. Hopefully, is to get people, um, you know, insights, you know, and, and uh, education really into. Uh, yeah, what what five point zero is? I, I think everyone is aware of industry four point zero and the benefits. And and I think we are really keen to be able to. Uh, I mean, we are a tech company, um, but we are looking at seeing how we can be more sustainable and and how we can address this kind of misconception that you know robotics and automation is the end of the human race. Yeah, you know, and and re- the replacement of humans. So it's completely the opposite. So I, I think if we're able to get that message across that, um, you know, technology can actually be used for obviously for the betterment of, uh, you know, of humans from the lens of quality of life, inclusion and sustainability, then, yeah, you know, uh, this is why, you know, people should, uh, you know, should, should come and listen to, to what we've got to say. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> thank you very much, Ashley. I'm sure everybody there will be very, very interested in what you have to say. But thank you for your time today. No, no worries at all. Pleasure. Pleasure. Thanks once again to Ashley for participating in our Meet the Speaker series. You can join Ashley's seminar on day one of MedSec Innovation Expo at 12 o'clock on the MedSec Innovation Conference, organised with Medilink. <laughs>